Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're watching this or listening to this on a podcast, welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today is going to be a joyful episode because I have a dear friend and a colleague um, who, who teaches others how to you know, wake up and her name is Joy and boy is she joyful, full of joy, full of fun. Joy, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, my dear friend. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go for it. You got the giggles. <laughs> I know. We had the giggles while we were uh, backstage, you know, getting ready for our conversation. But I, I want to start our conversation where I started with everybody. When did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you had been indoctrinated or conditioned to believe was what was real? Well, I definitely knew when I was eight, uh, most definitely. Um, when church service was going on, I was raised in a Christian household and my mom, a dogmatic Christian, um, hellfire, brimstone, uh, fear, we must be victims. Um, so all of that. And I was realizing when I was eight when the, they were having the call to come receive Jesus and go down to the altar. And my mother was literally dragging me down there that it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like something that felt joyful. And I've always been joyful, actually. <laughs> I just kind of forgot for a while. Um, it didn't feel right in my spirit, in my soul. So I went back to sleep for a really long time until um, my dad died when I was 30. So that was a bit of a shakeup for me. But it actually made me angry. So I was very angry at life, very angry at God. Um, and then my relationship fell apart when I was 34, back at home living with my mom. And that was my big, that's my dark night of the soul, right? We all have one. That was my dark night of the soul where I had had all of this. I was living in France. Um, I had, you know, everything I could possibly want, but actually I was still miserable. So the best thing that could have ever happened to me was to him say, I'm done and send me home. Wow. Mm. Because that sent me on a journey, right? That sent me on the journey of, I don't, I literally sat on my bed and said, I know nothing. Show me. Those were my words. I literally said them out loud and life just exploded after that. Um, I started researching meditation and I went to my very first Buddhist temple. Wow. <laughs> literally when I walked through the doors, I'm not kidding you. It's so fun to be inside of my head, really. It's like a movie. It's so funny. Like I'm I'm walking through the doors, right? And I'm literally expecting a lightning bolt to come out of the sky and kill me before I go in the door. <laughs> and then when it didn't happen, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess God's not mad at me for going in here. <laughs> oh my God. So that was that, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I so relate because yeah. my awakening happened when I was 41, the, the beginning of it. And it was my mom passed away. And when she died, the fear of death just gripped me. This I went into this terror because I knew my mom and I grew up Catholic. I knew my mom was a sinner, so I knew where she was headed. And that terror mm. of going to hell, that terror of me you know, ending up on a rotisserie for the rest of eternity just absolutely did not feel joyous at all. And that fear, that fear of God, fear of death, just totally, completely sent me into a journey to question everything. So I get it. So 
So tell me more about being uh, your Buddhist path. Was that an opening into a journey into oh, Buddhism? Oh, wow. I, I like to say that Buddha saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it that Buddhism is a, a science of the mind or philosophy. It's not a religion. So I was taught actually how to take responsibility for me. Oh, everything was always external, external, external. And the devil made me do it and it's not my fault and I'm unworthy. And it really, for me, it was the right path for me because it made me take ownership of everything that was happening in my mind. And for me, that was really powerful. And yeah. so I started to look at everything as life is a science experiment. <laughs> all the things that go on in my head. And so all the cause and conditionings that happened to me in my life. The reason why I think this way is because where I was born, how I was raised. So I started deconstructing all of that. And it was mind blowing because I started to say, who am I really? Who am I really? Without all of these things, you know, <laughs> peeling the onion layer, as they say in Buddhism, right? I peeled it and I'm like, what am I? And I realized that I'm, <laughs> I got down to the core of who I am. And that's, that's joy. That is true bliss. I know uh, one of the Buddha quotes, I won't, I probably won't get it right. But if you understood the true nature of life, you would throw your head back and laugh at the sky. <laughs> yeah, I love hearing that because, you know, I entered into this journey because I began to question this fear. And I have a friend who gave me a book. She was like, okay, Lina, your, your fear of death is out of control. So here, read this book. And she gave me a book called uh, Into the Light. It was about a woman who had a, a near-death experience, grew up Catholic, uh, terrorized as a Catholic child. And on, the, uh, and on the operating table, she dies and goes to heaven and meets God. And she comes back to share that God was nothing like she had been taught, that God was love, was joy, was peace. And God basically just said to her, there is nothing that is happening to you that is not because you wanted to experience it. And then my uh, amazingly intuitive friend gave me another book and it was called Many Masters, Many Lives about people who had gone through past life regressions. So here I find myself with this terror of death be, with these two books, one about future lives and one about past lives. And I realized life is a circle. There is really no end to this. And that's when I began my journey of questioning everything I had been taught. And I started questioning with the Catholic church with all of that information. And I dove into tons of books um, about the politics of the Catholic Church, why it was formed, the need for control. It was all about separating humanity from our divinity. And when I saw that, I went, holy cow, my whole life, I have lived, as you said, the devil made me do it and God's going to punish me for it. I had no friends. I mean, I had no, nothing in the world was going to help me except for Jesus. Growing up, I did have a connection to Jesus. And he entered my life later on. Uh, I had a deep connection with something beautiful and loving and joyful. And it just never made sense that he was associated with this, with Catholicism as I was taught. Until much later on, I began to understand the truth of Jesus. And to me, he is the way because he showed me the way out of the insanity that was happening in my mind and projected as my reality. So tell me more about your, 
you're peeling the onions. What were some things that you discovered <laughs> through that journey? Because it took, it's taken me oh. years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still discovering, right? There's still things that are popping up in my life. I'm still, um, I definitely had trouble with the word God and Jesus for a long time. Yeah. So much anger um, because I didn't understand. And it actually took going to a Buddhist temple to heal my relationship with the Bible and the church. Ha ha ha. Very funny because the temple that I was going to, they understood that a lot of people were coming from a Christian background. So they would talk about Buddha and what Jesus said, and they would literally say it's the same thing. But just Buddha is the scientist and Jesus was the poet. And so science can't get confused, but poetry can. You can interpret it any way that you want. So that for me was a beautiful starting to heal the journey. Um, so I have been kind of, and I think we all do this now that we've gotten into spirituality. We kind of pick, like I kind of take things from here and there. Like I love Taoism too. I just take whatever resonates with my heart and my soul and makes me feel more aligned. Um, and being in more alignment actually really does make me feel more joyful and more silly because I've realized that the universe or God has a fantastic sense of humor. I've, I've experienced that so much lately. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for if you're not very specific. God goes, let's throw this in here and make sure she's got this part that she didn't <laughs> mention. That's happened a lot lately. Totally. <laughs> and I just kind of, I just kind of look up and I'm like, oh. <laughs> you got me <laughs> i love that i love that and obviously you're we'll, we'll get into the the power of your your laughter because it is powerful and you use it in such a beautiful way to help others but let me go back to something you said about buddha being the scientist and jesus being the poet i i began to hear the voice of jesus began to guide me after i started questioning religion I began to feel this, this presence and that presence was, was letting me know that I needed to understand how my mind works, that I needed to really get what was going on inside of my head. And I had this one block and one block only, and it was telling me it's your ego. And I, I always thought my ego, my big personality, whatever, and I was proud of my ego before. And I was given a gift or a, a workshop to teach. And the workshop's called The Power of Awareness. I've been teaching it now for 14, 15 years. And in that workshop, I was told what I needed to be learning for myself, which was to, to separate my mind into two thought systems, the, the thought system of the ego mind, all the programming, and the thought system of my soul, which is all what love and joy comes from. But we can hear that voice because we, it's drowned out by the noise of the egoic mind, the training, the condition, the, the beliefs and limitation and suffering and pain, everything that we're not. So I began to teach that workshop. And for five years, people would ask me if it was based on A Course in Miracles. And you know, I, I didn't even know what The Course in Miracles was at that time. But then I was guided to read The Course in Miracles. And I don't know if you're familiar with The Course in Miracles or not, but The Course in Miracles is, is called, I mean, it says in its description, it's a course in mind training. And the Course in Miracles is as Buddhist as it can be and as mystical as the poetry that Jesus was teaching when he was alive. So the beautiful understanding of the poetry of love that cannot be, cannot be understood, it has to be felt, 
and the scientific understanding of these are the steps by which you forget the presence of love that's inside of you. You forget how to be joyful. This is the way that you forgot. This is the way that you remember. The peeling of the onion is seeing how the onion got constructed. And so what I'm hearing you say, your, your path led you to basically where my path has led me to the same place. Because the Course in Miracles says that our purpose is to be happy. And joy is one of the 10 characteristics of one who walks as a master. The Course calls it a teacher of God. So say more. And hello, Jenia and Elliot. So glad that you guys are joining us. Hi. Um, yes, Galactic Spirit Rally. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Me too, me too. Um, say more about the joy that you discovered through your path. And what were some of the, the beliefs, the limitations that you had to let go of to feel more of your true joy? I really had to let go of the whole idea that God was out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, boogeyman. Yeah, and I really had to let go of the, I don't believe in, I dare I say it, I don't believe in the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Um, I believe in we make our own reality um, here. And I believe through my studies and everything that I have discovered is what I believe that the Buddha and Jesus were talking about because the Buddha talks about samsara, which is in your mind. And there is a heaven and hell inside of your mind. And so I believe that when Jesus was talking about heaven and hell, he was really talking about that heaven is in your mind and hell is in your mind. And you can make this life, this world, this experience, either complete heaven or hell or both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because we're constantly shifting through it. We're constantly shifting through different thoughts and emotions constantly as they pop up. And we're living in a state of constant uh, samsara all yeah. the time. So we're always like trying to feed that emptiness inside, which is called the hungry ghost, right? So in Buddhism, there's a, there's a ghost with a very long neck and a huge stomach, and he's always shoving it in, shoving it in, and he can never fill up the belly. It never completely gets full. So that's what we do, right? We consume, we consume. What, what emotion, shopping, whatever that is, because we are feeling completely empty inside, because yeah. we haven't really made the true journey inward, homeward. Um, and when I, you know, when I discovered that the journey inward and that it's my journey to take, it's not something out here. When I started to walk the path inward, that is when everything started to shift and things just started to fall off. Like I was noticing my mind and I was noticing all the stories yeah. that were happening in my mind and the things that I would literally make up. And it was really funny because of the way I was thinking, I was actually bringing them to fruition because of my speech. So it's really important, right? When the mind thinks something, it's going to come out of here and it's going to come out of here. So we are actually invoking the words to make that start happening in our lives. So if you think someone's done you wrong and perhaps they don't feel that way or whatever, you know, or there was a misunderstanding. If you are speaking that way and you're speaking angry, then you are causing those things to come into fruition in this world. So and it could have been not even what you thought if you'd have just taken a moment to Breathe, clear yeah. the mind, and really be present and ask. Just ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Have communication. Be very clear 
with your and honest. Like I really tried to be as honest as I possibly can without heart causing harm to another, which yeah. is very important on this path, right? I do yeah. not want to cause harm to myself and I do not want to cause harm to any other. That is the golden rule in Buddhism, right? <laughs> you know what? It's the same thing in A Course in Miracles because A Course in Miracles is very clear that God only has one child, one son, one daughter, you know, I'll call it child. In the Course it says one son. What that means is that we are all part of the one sonship. Every one of us is part of the oneness. So to cause harm to me is to cause harm to others. To, mm -hmm. to be loving to others is to be loving to myself. And thank you, Angie, for joining us. And Elliot has a question for you, a message. Are you familiar with Swami uh, Bayananda? Oh, yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> yes, I was wondering if you would like to explore uh, with, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, with Swami uh, Bayonanda. Um, so very cool that you already are familiar with. with so familiar, uh, familiar, not, familiar. not yes, familiar. Yes. <laughs> this concept of, of um, not doing harm is such a powerful concept, but we have been indoctrinated into believing that we need to protect ourselves and it justifies harm to others. But one of the greatest lies that I discovered through my journey is that when I believe it's okay for me to protect myself, I'm actually believing that I am weak and that I don't have the power of God, the power of source creator at my disposal. You know, the Course in Miracles, one of its powerful lines is in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And when I don't defend myself, I actually am kinder to myself and kinder to others. Because in that act of defensing, defending, we're literally protecting, which means we have to be attacking another being, which is self-attack. Because everything comes right back to me. Because what I do to you, I'm doing to me when there's only one child in the sonship. Um, and that is, I love hearing that, that same in, in your studies, isn't it beautiful how everything leads to the same one truth? Many paths to the yes. top of the mountain, many, many paths. Yes. Um, tell me about some of the other things that you have discovered on your journey to help you come to the place where you are today. Well, I've been I've been um, studying all kinds of things, but I love Taoism because it talks about definition, but it's all basically kind of saying the same thing. Like, um, so without the without the idea or definition of beauty, you cannot have the idea or definition of ugly. You have to have both of those. And so in this realm, in this world, in this realm, there will always be the light chasing the dark and the dark chasing the light. And there will always be darkness within the light and light within the darkness. And that was a really powerful thing for me to discover that in this world, that is always going to be part of this world. Um, until we finally shift out of that, until we finally all come together and discover and do our alchemy <laughs> and do our alchemy and stand together, then all of that will transform and we'll move to a higher dimension, a higher plane. We will enter heaven. And I, I do I do believe that we'll, we'll enter that amazing state of oneness of that all things uh, conspire for our greatest good. Totally. So, I'm feeling that, sister. I am so feeling it because to, to take a couple of things that you said that are just so, so powerful that I want people to really, really understand and highlight 
And I know we're, we're probably, you know, preaching to the choir here because the people <laughs> that tend to listen to this are usually already in, in, this, in this frequency of, of truth. And that is on, on this earth, the Course in Miracles says this world is where we come to hide from God until we clean up our mind, we straighten up our wrong thinking, and we get in alignment with our right mind. And our right mind is, you know, our creative side, the right hemisphere of the mind, the place where we align with our inner child. Our inner child exists. We enter the portal of our inner child. Where's the kingdom of heaven within? How do you get in? You have to become like a little child. So to enter into that portal, we have to understand the, the right mind. And when we begin to move in that direction, when all of humanity shifts into the right mind, there is no longer darkness. There is no longer hell. There is only what the Course in Miracle calls a happy dream. We exist inside of this realm in a state of pure bliss, happiness. Heaven on earth is our choosing to stop using the mind that judges, that believes in separation, that thinks judgment is justified, that believes I'm better or lesser than, that splits everything into two, creating the sense of duality. And, and from there on, we, we've made a mess out of this beautiful, magnificent um, world. But I, I like to look at the way things have happened to, to glean from it the, the lessons that God would have me learn. And I believe, like the Course in Miracles says, it is a course in mind training. You have to understand your mind. You cannot enter the heart until you understand the mind because the mind acts as a gatekeeper that has blocked the heart. Like, we, like the heart is a prisoner. It's like Rapunzel in the, you know, up there in the castle or the princess stuck in the <laughs> castle. Uh, with the moat, with the, the guards are in the mind. So Buddha, to me, came 500 years before Jesus to prepare the mind to open the heart. Mm -hmm. So how beautiful that you entered the path of yes. understanding Buddhism, understanding the mind, the science of the mind to open your heart. And for me, I had to understand my ego before I could allow my soul to, to, to transcend the, the prison that my mind had created because it's just so, it's so important. I have not met a single person who can tap into their heart while they're in their mind. It's just not possible. What are your thoughts around that? I actually had to do the reverse. My heart kept getting hurt. I always had such a tender, sweet, open, I, I just entered this body. I, I entered this body being joy. So I realized, not that long ago that that is what I am. I'm God's joy. <laughs> you are. Um, <laughs> and I forgot. Um, so it is, it is important to remember who we are. And well, let me just, yeah. let me just say one little tidbit. I totally agree with you in that heart. Love is what we are. And it gets in prison when the mind goes into lockdown. So when I talk about going to the mind, it is actually, a second step. The heart is what what is there. So we go into the mind to to rescue the princess. The princess has to be there before the rescuing happens. Yeah. So I totally agree with you. Yes. 
I think as children, we get hurt so much because we just yeah. remember who we are. And so all the cause conditionings of, of everything around us cause us to close our heart doors, yeah. which only hurts us more. So then, then once we close the heart doors, then all the backup starts happening in the mind, right? <laughs> because I really feel like the divine flows out through the heart. So if your heart doors are open, all of that's just going to keep flowing in and out, in and out. It's never going to get stuck. So when the heart doors close, it backs up in the mind. So for me, yes, it took me to understand that I'm responsible. Everyone has their own beautiful path. And some people I've realized just recently, they need that consequence. They need that in order to remain in alignment. They need to have that fear of consequence. And I did not need that. It never felt right to me in my life. Um, it didn't feel loving. It didn't feel all accepting. I just that's what I wanted. I've, don't we all want to be accepted? <laughs> Completely and fully accepted. And that's what I was looking for. And I really felt accepted and completely enfolded by Buddhism and, and understanding that all of this fear was completely um, conditioned. It was completely taught. And it, it was, I had to start unraveling all of it just unraveling all of it and understanding my mind so I did that it which put me on a started to put me on different paths um, which I found after yoga and through that I found pranic healing which pranic healing um, I'm an energy healer too I do pranic healing so that really sent me on a path of understanding the connection you know really want to get the crown chakra open because we do a meditation called the twin heart meditation so we're activating the crown chakra and the heart chakra and we're blessing every person and every being with the meditation and we're doing Part of the meditation is the prayer of St. Francis of Athesis, which is a beautiful prayer. And so we are blessing every person, every being yeah. without exception. So it is amazing because it's really sent me into uh, a state of completely understanding that in order for the divine to flow out into this world, we have to, of course, first connect, but then the divine flows out through the heart completely floods this world with your heart. So if you're closing your heart, you can't let your divine nature completely flow into this world. So I decided two summers ago that I made the vow, I don't make very many vows, but I made the vow to always allow my heart doors to be open, to never close them again, no matter how much it hurts or how uncomfortable it is, that I would live in a state of them being open and free. And that has been so freeing <laughs> and scary that. at the same time, but totally worth it. <laughs> Let, let's, let's talk about that because that is a place for me, you know, being a teacher for 14 years, I've watched the journey of many people. And I mean, it, it's in the thousands. I cannot even count how many people have witnessed their journey. And I, I witness their journey always in, in relation to mine, because what I, what I've come to realize, you know, the, the, what, what I've been uh, taught to teach um, is what I most need to learn. And there is a progression. The Course in Miracles breaks down this journey into, into six stages, and it's called the development of trust. We have to learn to trust that inner voice. And the way that we move through that journey to cultivate that trust is to cultivate a trust that allows the heart to stay open. Because when the, the heart remains open, at that moment, there is no fear because the the perfect love casts out all fear. And one of the ways that I was able to see where I had work to do in keeping my heart open was to watch my judgments. 
And one of the, the greatest decisions that I ever made was to sit with my fear of being judged and allow that fear to burn its way, you know, to burn itself out while I remained completely willing to allow whatever discomfort anybody's judgment had to basically flow, wash over me and realize that no matter what anybody thought about me, it didn't alter what God knew was true about me that I was learning to discover was also my truth. And that's that's one of the, the, the ways that I can tell somebody who is really, I'm gonna say advanced on their journey is they've made the decision to not let the heart close. Because until we realize that judgment is what shuts the door to, to joy, we justify our judgments. We justify our judgments of self or anybody. And what is so amazing is judgment is so subtle, is so insidious. Mm -hmm. It's any thought that puts one up and the other down. Any thought that makes anybody lesser than, that makes anybody better than, that those thoughts block the heart you cannot love when you are judging so say more about your practice and keeping your heart open oh well <laughs> that's <laughs> so yes that is my practice and you would not believe it but um i've been i i had my awakening in maybe 2009 and just discovering but really um it skyrocketed when i started doing laughter yoga in 2016 because laughter gave me the tool to laugh at myself <laughs> i know there's we're not supposed to say you're never supposed to laugh at you but i totally laugh at myself <laughs> <laughs> but not with condemnation with joy and fun playfulness of all the things that run around in there <laughs> Um, and that really helped me that so laughter became an absolute tool and I'm trying to show people that laughter we should not leave laughter to chance it's a tool that you can actually use to skyrocket yourself to clearing the thoughts and staying in a state of bliss by always being whatever goes on in there if you're thinking someone's judging you if you're judging someone it just kind of inner inner laughter voice you know like even if you think about laughter it makes you smile right if you laugh in your head yeah go ahead so that's been powerful for me and it's so simple but all of the tools in life i guess in our minds we want to make enlightenment so complicated and so far out there that it's unreachable and we'll never get it but i am discovering more and more because buddhism and all the practices are so simplistic wow. and the more something is so simplistic the more powerful it is and so laughter has become the rocket fuel. <laughs> so I have the capability now of laughing uh, with life, at life, with me, at me. So I laugh more freely and more openly and honestly and, and a lot now. Even if I get mad or I have all these thoughts, I just, I don't have any judgment anymore. I still get mad. And guess what? I start laughing at myself for getting mad. <laughs> I still judge, but I laugh about it when that happens. I absolutely have complete forgiveness for me being human. <laughs> and I do that with lots of laughter, which is, is so important to be able to 
to embrace that in your life, if you really truly embrace that in your life, then you can do anything. So I used to be a perfectionist. I would never be having this conversation with you right now if it wasn't for <laughs> laughter yoga. I can tell you that for sure because I'd be so afraid to make a mistake or look stupid or look bad or you know all of those things. Me too. And <laughs> <laughs> yay! So join the club. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Ha ha ha! Yep. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so I would not be having this conversation with you and I'm not afraid to make a mistake anymore. I'm not afraid to get tongue tied. We actually teach gibberish and laughter yoga. So if I get tongue tied, I'm just like, <laughs> I just finish it off that way. It's more funny, right? <laughs> so, um, I'm okay with making mistakes now, which that used to be like, standing on a cliff for me, you know, and someone's about to push me off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know, what you were saying is a great um, comment for Lisa, because she's talking about how it can be challenging to keep your heart open around family who's, who are still in the dark. But that's precisely where the best training is. It's like Ram Dass said, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. And it, yeah. I love that. Quote. But so, so Lisa, what uh, what Joy just said, just in your own mind, begin to laugh at the situation, begin to laugh at the insanity of people who are just as Jesus taught. We forgive them. They don't know who what they're doing inside of the realm of infinity and creativity and, you know, infinite potential. What God is all about is the ability to go as dark or as far into the light as we want to. That, that's, that's what free choice is all about. We can condense into darkness and be as separate from ourselves and God and others as we want to be, which is the realm of the ego. It's the realm of saying, no, I'm not the light. And then there is the willingness to return to the light, to do the work that we're talking about here, the, the climbing through the journey of moving out of our, our dysfunctional childhoods and dysfunctional um, adulthood, frankly. And when, when we get to the place that we can laugh at what has happened with the understanding, I, to me, he, this is the key and I wanna know your perspective, Joy, but with the understanding, this is why this work takes an incredible amount of courage because the courage is to recognize that our perception about things is what creates heaven and hell inside of us. And once we admit, okay, so the reason I've suffered so much with these dysfunctional family is because I've been judging them dysfunctional. What if I judge them as creative beings who are choosing to see how dark can they go? Now they're just actors. They're just actors in, in the play, in my movie that I'm participating in. And when they get dark, when they go uh, angry, whatever it might be, you know, like Joy, in my head, I'm going, oh, you get an Oscar for that performance. <laughs> in my classes and with some people, I'll say to them, oh, you get an Oscar for that, or I get an Oscar for that dramatic performance that I just gave you. Um, something happens internally and we begin, we begin to really see the magnificence of every being using their power in the way that they want to use it. And now nobody's against you. Everybody's just performing to see who gets the best dramatic, you know, performance. <laughs> I love that. I've heard you say that before. I love that. Um, 
So I love Matt Kahn and I watch him a lot and he talks about yeah. how just imagine you for him he gets the giggles too when he goes to family affairs because he's like I'm looking at God dressed up as this human, you know, in a human suit, having this interaction with me. And it just makes him laugh a lot. And that I love watching him. Um, that set me free a lot, too, because he's doing the love revolution. And a lot of things have, have shifted for me watching him about, like, we don't want to kill the ego. We want to integrate it, which I love that. Right. We want to integrate it into the con into our, our higher consciousness. Um, the ego is important and needed. I, I you know. I am joy. <laughs> this is my personality. This is my ego. And to make it a servant into the light, because um, that is that is what it is here for. Um, so, yes, but love, you know, something I've, I'm still working on. Love knows how to say no. <laughs> no, it's a complete sentence. So the Course in Miracles. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Please. No, I just it's been it's been an interesting journey because. Um, I recently am no longer in a very long-term relationship that I felt like I had needed to fix that person. I, you know, it was my job and, um, not to really go into detail, but, um, I realized that it's not my job and it's not my journey. It's theirs. And it was finally my turn, even though to listen to my inner voice and my inner voice was telling me it's time to let this person go. Um, and so when I stepped into that and I said, no, and I started standing up for myself, I'm like, no, I love you. I bless you. I forgive you, but it's, it's time for us to, to end our journey together. That was another really powerful shift for me. And I felt guilty for, I felt guilty for being an empath. And a lot of people probably listening to this, being an empath, being able to feel other people's emotions and feel other people's energies, um, it's hard to cause what we think you're causing harm. But yeah. I realized that he was my dark night of the soul all those years ago. And that our soul contract, I was his dark night of the soul too. And I needed to allow him to have that instead of keep protecting him from that. And it has been a wonderful journey for him. I'm so happy for him. He really had his dark night of the soul and has been, you know, watching the untethered soul and everything. And I'm, I'm really happy for him. But I knew that our journey together was over. So don't be afraid to say no too. Like I don't always go to all my family functions too, but I stopped trying to change my family as well. And I just enjoy them also for who they are. And that's been, I just like finally learned that this year. <laughs> finally. Oh my God. That's a powerful um, lesson. That's a powerful <laughs> lesson to let everybody be as they are. <laughs> yes. You know, I stopped trying to get them to see my point of view. Yeah. Cause they're never going to see it. Yeah. So, and I just enjoy them for who they are and their journey is perfect and exactly how it should be. And so is mine. And I don't always need to speak. Um, I don't always need to speak my truth. I can just speak whatever resonates. Like we did singing and played cards and I just was enjoying doing that. And it was just a beautiful time for Thanksgiving with my family. It's the first time I really just sat back and went, wow, I'm fully present. I'm fully happy and I'm fully here. <laughs> I love that. You know, we have been taught that, that love, love uh, is supposed to be conditional. If you would do this, that, the other, then you would be showing me how much you love me. So in our mind, we justify our judgments of others. And I know what you should be doing so that you can be as enlightened as I am or what you should be doing so that you could be 
you know, I said advanced or, or as aware or whatever that might be. But that judgment mm -hmm. is a lack of acceptance. And when I began to understand that unconditional love sets no conditions, that means it's pure acceptance, tolerance of what is, is. And this is, this is something you had said earlier. Um, I, I am familiar with Matt Kahn. I'm not too familiar with his teachings, but overall I get the essence of it because it's all about love. But the Course in Miracles actually taught me something that I did not realize and I resisted it. I, was, I didn't like it when I first read it, but then it became the thing that took me to another level for me. And it's that um, the ego is the only block there is to, to love, period. Because ego is a thought unlike love. So no, you don't have to kill it. The minute you're loving, you have transcended that ego mind. You, you in essence, are not operating from that. But until we understand what the ego does, we cultivate why I say make ego your amigo, because first <laughs> it's really clear that it is an enemy to love. So how do we understand our enemy? You befriend them. You be get, you get to know its secrets. You hear it. You pay attention. It, it's like I eavesdropped on my, my ego mind mm -hmm. when I was listening, being observant of my judgments. I was like, oh, my God, that's, what, that's how you justify your self-importance line is with that thought. I'm better than if they only knew this, if they had studied as much as I was, if they were as enlightened mm -hmm. as I am. And I'm going, holy cow. Um, so watching those ego thoughts and then loving myself in spite of having them <clears throat> is what causes the dissolving of the need for them. And so to me, I, I absolutely, I know that this, this is a year where I am shifting what I'm teaching. And you are actually a perfect person for me to start I, even though it's not the first of the year, it's the completion of, of 2020, where I was trying to teach people to come to understand the way that ego has caused all of our suffering. What I am shifting to is that, no, you are a loving being, that the message has to be who you are is a child of God, who you are is this joy, this happiness, this blessing to the planet. You are the light of the world. And if you're not being that, then let's look at what's blocking it. So it's yes. like a flip because yes. we, we, it's time to own our light. It is, it is no yes. to be spiritual and to do not stay. hide it under a bushel. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. You know, get it out from behind the tree. You know, we've all been playing hide and seek and for too long, we've been hiding behind trees going, find me, find me, find me. Um, and God is saying, okay, your tag, you're it. You are the light. Come out from behind that tree and shine it. It is time. Amen, Lisa. <laughs> because I feel like I feel like we feel like we got to be completely enlightened or yeah. completely perfect before we jump out there. Well, let me give you a little piece of advice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <But anyway. laughs> um, I have learned more with making mistakes, stumbling, falling, falling on my face. I have had more. Uh, uh, leaps and bounds doing that just throwing myself into the deep end of the water I'm like I don't know what I'm doing um, I'm just gonna do it anyway and I have learned so much this past year has been whoa <laughs> hold on <laughs> like 
like, strap yourself in, hold on to the roller coaster. <laughs> it has been serious. It has been serious, but it has been, I don't know about for you, but for me, it has been like, talk about transformation in the point of just one year, it has been huge. Um, so many, like all the things that needed to be let go of have just been coming up and coming up and coming up. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> let me breathe. <laughs> let me dog paddle. <laughs> so um, the thing is, I do have the laughter to help me with that. And it's been great. And I have been literally not knowing what I'm doing, especially when it comes to trying to have different types of relationships with friends or whether it be romantic relationships because of the cause and conditionings of my family and then the relationship that I was in, trying to unravel all those things and watch as my ego, watch as my body too, because your body has cellular memory. Yeah. As things come up and your body literally starts to react in a certain way, even though that's not the situation that is happening. I literally watched my body start to have fear or effects or or kind of, you know, do this, like trying to cover up. And I noticed that it was all because of past conditioning. Mm -hmm. So I know that the body has cellular memory too. And I've been working on my cellular memory being a pranic healer. And it's important to be so aware. Like I really try to sit and be so present when I'm in these situations that I'm not used to, because we're so worried about having the same thing happen to us again. And that's, that's been the big problem. Exactly. I don't want exactly. the same thing to happen to me again. And I'm going to watch very closely to make sure that there are no signs that this is happening again. So when we're watching for that, then guess what? We're going to find it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole so, phenomenon of, of projections. You yeah. think what you think about, you bring about. Yes. So the laughter, I've really just had so much fun just being joyful and playful and like a little child, like laughing at all of those things that just keep coming up and coming up and coming up. And I keep going, I thought I got rid of that. Oh man, I thought I got rid of that too. Well, there it is again. It's just in a different form. So it's funny. I, I found that God, you know, we, we think that we've transcended something and God makes sure it comes from this direction and that direction, this one, this one, this one, that, and that just to make sure it's completely gone. Like there is no residual left whatsoever. <laughs> so all my friends ask me, how many times am I going to have to learn this lesson or allow this energy to release from my body? I'm like, as many times as needed. <laughs> until, until you're emptied of that, yes. of that energy, because it is an emptying. I'm so glad that you talked about the body because, yeah, we hold we hold all this stuff in our body. Where else is the density going to go but in in our body? And it is absolutely amazing. But, you know, something you were talking about this year, for me, 2020 actually has been one of the most peaceful years of my life. It has been a year where I have had the opportunity because of what's going on to sit back and observe the, the movie, to sit back with my popcorn and just watch the performances. And that's really what I have most enjoyed was my ability to watch things and not, and, and not have those triggers. Very few. Yes, every now and then there's a trigger, but I, I, one of my sayings is that irritation is an invitation for me to see my ego's motivation. So if I'm getting triggered, I immediately know, all right, there's opportunity for growth here. But this actually has been the most peaceful year of my, what I'm going to call my spiritual journey thus far. And it has been a year of clarifying 
that I can make a choice to stand for the light. I can make a choice to speak about my love of God, that the father and father, mother, God, whatever you want to call it, and I are one. I am the essence of that creative source incarnated just exactly as Jesus said that he was 2000 years ago, just exactly as Buddha knew that he was a being who could transcend his mind 2,500 years ago. And when I had the opportunity this year to just sit back and just allow myself to recognize, yes, I am that. I am that. I am that. I am that. I really have had a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to just rest inside of my knowing that my work is to be the light of the world, to be an example of that. And one of the things that I needed to transcend this year is the limitation of being spiritual. I got to see how that became a mental construct and a place from where so many in the spiritual community have judged, judged from. And I knew it because I saw my spiritualized ego and it was like, oh shit, I got to transcend that, that part too. <laughs> And it's been in, in loving people where they are that has allowed me to feel more of the love that I am. Mm. That That is what the world needs more of my love, not my judgment. The world yes. more of Linus opinions. Not one of the opinions is going to serve this planet, but my uh -huh. love will. And Lisa, I want to take you up on your... Um, I don't know if you saw Joy with Lisa Rowe, but she says she'd love to have a glass of wine and laugh with the two of us. We may have to make <laughs> Well, um, I will have water. Um, I don't think any longer. That's been two years. But yes, absolutely would love to do that with you. I'm yes. actually high on laughter. <laughs> I, don't that I know. I hardly drink anymore, but I don't mind. Uh, you know, there's maybe not wine, but a margarita. <laughs> it is. It's so much fun. Um, uh, yes, it is. Um, so how, how are you? Let, let's talk about current events. What is your way of looking at what's happening in the world, knowing what you know, that everything is a dance of energy, that everything is just a movement that allows every being that is here to choose to go as dark as they want to go as dark. You know, they're playing the game of hide and seek. They're still hiding. And some are playing, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And that everybody is doing what they're doing. How are you observing current events? Well, I don't observe current events. <laughs> or, or are present to what's happening, because I know you don't live in a total yes. bubble. <laughs> don't. People tell me what I need to know that is important, and I always say that. If it's really important, someone will tell me. <laughs> so um, Dr. Gataria, who is the medical doctor who created uh, Laughter Yoga, I spent two years, uh, two years, haha, two months in India. I wish I spent two years, two months in India studying with him. Um, in 2019, which was beautiful. And he is his, after we got finished with our teacher training, because I used to be a laughter yoga leader, now I'm a laughter yoga teacher, so I'm able to teach other people to become laughter yoga leaders. So his, um, his first thing he said was stop reading the news, stop watching the news. You wanna stay in a happy, joyful place? Don't do either one of those. <laughs> I was already doing that, but I totally agree with him. Um, how do I stay in? Well, it was interesting because I was at the gym last night and all they had on was CNN. And yeah, it's, it is definitely the energy and everything that comes out of the TV is nothing but fear yeah. um, and separation. So definitely 
I don't know, find a different way to find out what is going on in the world, that would definitely help. Um, also, I do what I feel like is the best thing possible for the world. I am the anchor of light. I am anchoring the light for the divine light to flow in out from my crown, out through my heart um, and into this world. And that is the best thing you could possibly do because there is no amount of, um, if you've read the book, uh, Power Versus Force, there's no amount of force that can change what is happening. Power is the only thing that can transform. And everything begins in the energetic world. So let's change that first or spiritual realm or whatever you want to call that. So let's shift that first. Let's shift us, right? Um, all the songs, Michael Jackson, no man in the mirror. It all starts with us. So cool. let's completely transform and change and align and allow in our lives everything to flow, step into divinity. You know, if we step into it and we do the practices that bring us closer in alignment and joyful, which is, I, yeah. To me, the sound of laughter is love. That is what love is. We can, there's no way to describe love or, or so that's what I have discovered with laughter. <laughs> that is the sound of love. <laughs> it is the sound of togetherness. So find practices that bring you in that state of just complete wholeness because that's what we're looking for to be whole so for me that's laughter yoga for me that's pranic healing for me that's qigong i'm also a qigong teacher for me that's writing songs um i'm also a singer too <laughs> um, so whatever that is if that's reading if that's walking out in nature i love taking walks i love being with trees i i really have a deep connection to yeah. trees go sit under a tree trees are the wisdom to me trees are the wisdom of this earth well look at what um, happened to the buddha when he sat under the yes, bodhi tree exactly and i got to journey there by the way that was such a mm, wow that's another conversation Beautiful. all in itself um i went to bodh gaya and i sat underneath the bodhi tree and that was just a powerful amazing um, journey home for me that was <laughs> that was an amazing pilgrimage that is that is beautiful um, yeah. So laughter for me, I can tell you that the more that you laugh, the more you will transform and transmute your energy. It for me, there's not an amount of words that I could possibly say to let you know that laughter is the most powerful way to shift and change your energy. Yeah. It's so simple. And it has been scientifically proven that one minute of audible laughter <laughs> can boost your immune system for 24 hours. So my body has been healthy since I started practicing laughter yoga because we also do deep breathing too. So we're practicing laughter. So also all of the things that, so all of the laughter is literally getting into every single cell of my being. The more you laugh, it really starts to shake laughter does this right it shakes our entire body right 
Yeah. So it's, <laughs> and it is the sound of heaven or of God. So all of that. So if you imagine when you're laughing, that violet color is vibrating in your body, right? Which is the divine color. You can actually heal yourself on a cellular level. There's so many amazing things. And you can also shift out all of that. So a lot of times when I'm doing laughter yoga with people, they would literally end up crying at the end of a class. Like, why am I crying? because your body only speaks in energy and when you allow it to finally open completely right because when we laugh yeah. we allow everything just to open we let all our defenses down all our walls down and That's so then your body goes oh yeah. it's time i can let this energy finally release you're allowing me to do my job because your body is this most miraculous Amazing. I don't want to call it a machine because it deserves more honor than that. It is such a miraculous creation that it speaks in energy. It does not know um, whether something is good or bad. It just it just has energy. So when you finally open it and allow it to release energy, it goes, okay, finally, yay, let's get rid of this energy that's been stuck in here for so long. So yeah. that's what happens a lot of times when people do laughter yoga. They're like, why am I crying? I'm like, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, keep doing it. Keep laughing. Keep releasing energy. I laugh no matter what. I've made two vows, the one to keep my heart door always open and to laugh unconditionally for the rest of my life. And that's why there's nothing more infectious than somebody giggling, somebody laughing. <laughs> yes. Happening. Uh, oh, hello, Bob, brother Bob. Yes, it speaks in energy. Exactly. That's how the body Hi, speaks. Bob. Laughter and crying are the yes. same energy cleansing and and healing it's all beautiful beautiful powerful energy you know for me this year um i i got rid of my tv yes about 10 years or so ago but i do pay attention to what's happening in the world because from the place of of clarity that i sit in now i get to observe what is going on and i get to hey halo oh it's so good to have you here bob I get to observe what is happening with such gratitude for the performances that are taking place. And it is my work as the light of the world to recognize that humanity is finally ascending to a level of awareness of how beautiful, magnificent, powerful, loving we are. And it is part of my work to help anybody who wants to shift out of that that world of condemnation and right and wrong and judgment because we are ascending to a new dimension you know we're ascending to a higher frequency we are we're lifting as you were saying sitting underneath that bodhi tree this planet herself mother earth is ascending she is shifting into a new dimension and taking us all with her we are like little cells on her body mm -hmm. like we have cells in our body and just as she is going to be releasing, has been releasing the darkness that does not serve her, the darkness of pollution, the darkness of abuse and, and hurting one another, just as we have to release that from our bodies, we have to release that, that the way that we treat one another and treat ourselves. So as I look at this world today, I am so freaking excited that <laughs> I have been called into a very deliberate action to assist people in choosing love over fear because when we recognize that fear is not real again one of the most powerful teachings of the course nothing real can be threatened nothing real can be threatened if you know that love is what is real and I love that you help people 
connect with yes. their laughter because when we experience that, who mm -hmm. the hell is choose suffering? Yes. If you're experiencing joy, you're not going to yes. want to pollute your mind yes. with yes. You're not Woo. gonna go back to entertaining fear. Yes. So I am so excited that we've had yes. this conversation and yes. yes, we'll definitely have to do another date in 2021. Yes, absolutely. So don't forget the more that you laugh, the more that you cultivate joy and the more you cultivate joy, the more you cultivate peace. One that you cannot have peace without joy and you cannot have joy without peace. So I, I hope you guys will continue to laugh every day. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Hello, Crystal. Thanks for joining us. And you're saying yes, yes, yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Laughing. <laughs> <Funny game. laughs> healed his, uh, full, he healed his whatever with full-blown laughter. I Yay! absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> believe that. So Joy, thank you. Good. Yay! Yay! <laughs> How about we do that? Let's do that together. Um, okay, so this is a very fun thing we do. It is our childlike playfulness and laughter yoga. It's very simple. It goes like this: Ho, ho, ha, ha, ho, 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 